Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to RASC's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Jordan, welcome back to the Australian Business Podcast. Thank you, thank you. The big man, Daniel, from Grace Space Advisory, is incognito at the moment. It's just the two of us. He's uh, taking care of family business, which is fantastic. But today we're going to be talking about things people can do, business owners can do in the new financial year to get on top of their finances, get on top of their accounting once and for all. If you're like me, you get a bit confused and that's coming from a finance guy. So we've got the expert here. We've got Jordan from Grace Space. Mate, let's start with, a, before we get to these kind of like seven, eight, nine things that we're going to bring to people to try and get them to follow in the new year. What I thought maybe we could start with is just a recap. We've covered this before on the show. The taxes that basically every business or business owner, whether you're a contractor up to a company, you should be aware of just so you know. And if you do get a little bit confused about our summary, speak to your accountant, speak to Jordan, speak to Daniel, or just go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. So can you just kind of summarize the major types of taxes that people pay and when? Yeah. So we'll start with, I guess, your standard individual. So if I'm just I've got a job, I'm working for, say, the Commonwealth Bank or or anyone, my tax is withheld by my employer. So there's nothing to really do. You do your tax return at the end of the year and it essentially works itself out. So that's income tax on the personal level. And then when we roll into a business, if we re- I'm just going to try and not talk about structures here and just keep it very broad, but say we have a business and we turn over more than $75,000, we're required to register for GST. So let's say we turn over $100,000 and these figures aren't going to add up, but let's say $100,000, there's ten grand of, that we need to pay the tax office in GST. But let's say we had $50,000 worth of expenses. So there's $5,000 worth of GST credits. So the way that the GST payable would work is that we've got that ten grand minus that five grand gives us a $5,000 payable. So that's GST. Mm-hmm. That's one people get confused about because it's a bit different to the other stuff. But that's only if you're going to earn over 75000 Yeah, just really reiterate, it's not profit. It's not after your expenses. It's top line. It's invoices you're sending out or income hitting your bank account, $75,000. Sometimes people get confused with that and they can think, oh, it's 75000 profit and I'll go to their accountant. 
And it's like, whoa, whoa, problem. <laughs> but just yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I see this all the time because people say, well, my business isn't profitable. Like I'm not making any money. Well, you still pay GST and it's only offset by the credits that you receive, right? So that's the only way to kind of offset it a bit. Okay, so that's that. And how often do I pay that? Yeah, it depends. The most standard I think you'll see for small businesses is on a quarterly basis. So you have three qu- uh, four quarters throughout the year with three months in each quarter and that's done quarterly. And also in that BAS, there's a few other things, but let's just keep it simple. We've got wages. So if I'm a business and I employ people, I'm paying them their net amount. Now, I need to make sure I hold on to the tax, which is the PAYG, and that PAYG is also payable in the BAS, whether it's monthly or quarterly as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. And so we have that you mentioned that for an individual, you'd have PAYG before. As So that's if you are working for ComBank, ComBank sorts it out, right? But if you're not working for ComBank and you have your own business, you've got to withhold that for your employees, correct? Spot on. And also the super as well. So that's something that you have to pay. And that's where having, I think it's our first point when we talk about bank accounts, it's really important that we're putting money aside for that. Yeah, great. Okay. And there's another thing that I might just tuck on the end here, which is this idea of BAS, B-A-S, not like the American fish, which is B-A-S-S, it's B-A-S. What does this mean? Like, can you just explain what BAS is? Yeah. So the business activity statement, it's essentially a way for the government to capture everything that we owe them. And it's a summary of the net GST, the PAYG withholding, which is the tax on wages. And there can also be tax installments there as well. And there's a few other things that can be included, but I think just to keep it simple, they're the main things that most business owners are going to report in a BAS. Okay, great. So just to summarize, we've got GST on that $75,000 top line. We've got income tax that a business might pay if they make a profit. We've got PAYG that you withhold for your employees as well as super. And there's a few other things that can apply, which we probably don't want to really get into, like things like payroll tax that varies by state and these types of things. But at the bottom line, I've got in my notes that it's pretty bloody confusing. And this is, you know, even if you're in finance, it's probably not so confusing for someone like Jordan, but for anyone that's just nine to five, you're running your business, you need someone on your side to help you out. And that's what we've got Jordan here for today. He's going to tell us, walk us through a few things, or we're going to walk you through them together. But if you are confused, there will be a link in the show notes for this as well. And please pay attention because it's you can just get this link and it will take you through a lot of deductions, strategies to manage your, your business and so on and so forth. And it's completely free, as well as we have the business course and you can give Jordan and Daniel a call at Grayspace. But mate, number one is, this is something that we reflected on probably about six months ago now, the importance of using bank accounts, whether you bank with NAB or Judo Bank or whoever we've had and spoken about on the show before. The number of bank accounts and how you manage them is actually really important. Yeah, spot on. And especially going back to the BAS, it's really important that we're putting money aside. And that's why we suggest having a, a bare minimum of two bank accounts, one for your trading expenses and operating expenses. So money in, money out. If you go on the servo to put petrol or you're invoicing out of a certain bank account, have that as your main trading account. And then the second account relates to what we're talking about with the BAS. So we want to make sure we're putting a percentage aside, which we're going to we'll get into a bit later. But as at a bare minimum as well, especially if we're doing payroll, we want to make sure that we're transferring that PAYG withholding amount, so the tax on wages and the super into that second account. Because what we see sometimes is people just spend that money because they think, oh, I've paid my staff their wages and that's it. But it's not the case because you need to also pay the tax on wages and the super. That's why it's really important that we have that account and we transfer the money in because when we're doing the payroll, if you're using an accounting software, my old zero, whatever it may be, 
it's really clear to see what those tax amounts and super amounts are. So it, it's not too hard to, to work out what it is and then transfer it into that second account. Yeah, so important. I originally, I was like one of those business owners who took like what I was doing in my personal life, which being a finance person, I had like five bank accounts and all this different stuff and different stuff. And I'm like, then I realized that I have to reconcile all that with zero. And it was just like a, my brain was exploding. So now I've def, like I've consolidated since the three of us had that chat a few months ago. And that brings us into the second point, which is using software for your advantage. What is the software that you most commonly come across as an account? Zero. For us, it's zero. That's our whole firm is that we're a zero partner firm. So all of our clients, we bar one actually is on MYOB. But anyway, <laughs> I tried to convince them, but it didn't work. <laughs> But yeah, we majority majority of our clients are on zero. Yeah, and that's what I see. And I, as a shareholder in zero, full disclosure, it's just taking over, and it has done for the past ten years because it's just so easy for accountants to use, but also for individuals to use. And there's a whole marketplace around this. Whether you want HR tools to integrate, it's just so easy to use, and it's so bloody cheap for what it does. So I think as well, like the the majority of them are online now, but they whereas they weren't maybe probably seven or eight years ago now. But the good thing is that if you have an issue and you're a client, if you have an issue like, oh, I've, I've stuffed up the payroll, I don't know what to do, it's as simple as a Zoom meeting, jumping on, sharing screen, done. Or we can even just log in and just go, yep, yeah, we can fix it, done. Whereas in a lot of the um, ancient systems, I guess, you couldn't do that. You had to USB stick, stick it in, and then take it to your account. Whereas whichever platform you're using, if it's online, it's so much easier to collaborate. And even with what you said, to add on apps, whether it's a reporting app or a service-based app, if, like an industry-specific app. Like if you're a trade a tradesman, there's service mates and there's Tradeify. If you're a Shopify business, there's I think it's A2X off the top of my head, which really helps you capture all the data that Shopify has to offer. So really important to have a, a good accounting system. Yeah. And even like I know a few, like say like Stripe and PayPal, if you take online payments, like so powerful for just pushing that data in because that is a cost. Like the Stripe and PayPal's, they take you three percent or whatever. That's a cost you need to incur in your business. So it's really important. Yeah, I actually recently sat down with Karen Anand, who is um, the CEO of Henry, which is just for sole traders, basically, which is a different experience. But for people that are just starting out, side hustlers that don't probably make that much, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, that's another option that you can use at that, that micro level. Maybe in the future you upgrade as you get employees and so on. Number three is just know how much tax you, you need to put away. And I find personally, Jordan, I find it's better to be generally correct rather than getting specifically like every day I'm worried about it. Scott Pape recently came out and said for his small business that he this is a barefoot investor. He doesn't know if it's if it's right, but he's just always put away. I think it was 35% or something, which seems high to me, but I guess that's more conservative, I guess. For some people? I think it's better to be conservative and probably overshoot than come in under and get the shock of your life if you're not putting money away. And just on that 35%, yeah, it, it sounds about right. But in saying that, I don't know if it takes into account, but if you're transferring the PAYG and super across on a, a weekly basis or a monthly basis, that amount will be a bit less. But I think 30%, between 30 and 40%, it is great. I think that's a good starting point. The problem with our society is that as you get more profitable, you probably need to put more away, which is one of those things. If you're not that profitable, the good news is you don't have to pay as much in tax, but you will eventually if you get success. So success comes with a cost. Exactly. exactly. One of the things that I've started doing the last six months is I automate all of this. So 
just through my NAB, like with predetermined amounts. Like I know roughly what the payroll is going to be every month. And even with taxes now, I don't wait for the ATO to send me a tax bill. Actually, I know it's not ideal because I could do other things with the money. But for peace of mind, what I do, Jordan, is I just do a recurring payment, BPAY every month straight to the ATO based on my number, just straight in there. Probably overshooting a little bit, but then at the end of the financial year, I can always adjust it. Yeah, exactly. It'll come back as a refund. No, that's we do essentially the same thing, especially for the payroll for our staff. We do the same thing every every uh, every pay run, as well as um, GST as well. Daniel and I do it on a monthly basis, and we get it to the cent. So I don't know if everyone needs to do that, but <laughs> it's a bit of fun. We enjoy it. Spreadsheets and yeah, it's a it's a job, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, doesn't need to be done. That's it. Doesn't need to be that specific. So number four is automation generally. So I was just going to prompt you for this. You mentioned some of those integrations with Zero is really cool. One thing I haven't been doing, I've been really slack with, is actually just taking a photo for expenses. Is that something that you would advise clients to do? Like say if I go to have a business expense, a taxi or something, take a photo of it and upload to say Zero or something like that? Yeah, we recommend that. So there's two ways to do it as well. So if you're an individual, you can use that. I think the ATO app, you can do it or even create a folder in your email and just save everything there. If you're a business, we work with either Dex or HubDoc and they both talk to zero. So pretty much exactly what you said. You take a photo of the receipt, it uploads it to the cloud and then that syncs it over to zero and in zero it raises the payable. So that way when the transaction comes through, it offsets against that and it, it reconciles itself. Okay, so HubDoc and what was the other one? Dex, D-E-X-T. D-E-X-T, okay, cool. That's good to know. Okay, so number five is like, I was just going to say is they use e-commerce tools. You mentioned like Shopify and that sort of stuff, but this is not just for businesses like that, digital businesses. I'd also say that some physical businesses have the potential to use these tools. So I was even thinking, if you're looking for creative ways to strategize in the new year, maybe you sell something in the physical that you could put in the on a website or you could put on a Shopify thing and use that to make your life easier. And so I was thinking like some stuff that we do recently, Jordan, is we have like merchandise and that sort of stuff. And I'd often find that like if I go order a beanie or a jumper or something for work and for the team or for our community, there are ways to build like a store and just integrate that with your website rather than managing it. And it automatically orders and asks for the customer's location. And so it ships automatically. You don't even have to worry about the merch. It's a bit of an abstract one, but I find that the more of that you can do and build those recurring revenues into your business, the better your business will be. hundred percent. I mean, you're tapping into a revenue stream that you don't really, you wouldn't have had access to if you didn't make that conscious decision to bring that online and, and sell it to the, I guess your audience. So for sure. I actually went to one recently to give in a different type of example. I went to a business recently. We're sponsored here by Rumble Coffee Roasters. Thank you very much, Rumble. Very delicious coffee. And they sell coffee online. But um, I went to another big cafe in Melbourne and they we actually did a, a coffee making class through them. Uh, and you can actually just pay online and then just rock up and do the coffee making class in person. They collect your email address. So they've got you for marketing and that sort of stuff. But you can actually just do like the online version as well. If you want to, if you want to like learn about coffee making and how to do it at home, if you have a Breville or a DeLonghi coffee machine or something. So like little things like that. Might not move the dial straight away, but could be quite cool. Number six is have a centralized planner for content and resources, but also business plans. Pretty sure you use Notion. Yeah. Yeah, we've banged on about Notion quite a fair bit, actually. But um, we use this as well. And for my stuff, this is going to be shocking to the team at RAS, but I have my own private boards, which no one else can see. So this is just for like the business owner stuff. 
like spreadsheets of financials or business strategy or these types of things. We have like locked cloud-based drives for like HR documents that need to stay private. So I would say have a place where you have a source of truth. For some people, this is Salesforce or something like that for customers. But for, for us, it's just Notion that's so flexible. Yeah, and we do the exact same thing and we have the exact same structure where the team can see certain things and the rest is sort of a back end for the owners to have a central location for everything. Yeah, yeah, cool. The next one, Jordan, is more like we all know we should do this, so I'm keen to get your brain into this, but um, it's actually just set a time, side time to work on your business, not in your business. How do you guys do this? Like how do you guys make sure that you're spending time on the business and strategy and what's going on versus actually doing on the tools and, and doing the work? Yeah. So every month we meet for a finance meeting and we sort of run through the, the prior month's figures. Did we hit our targets? If yes, great. If no, why? And then we basically just follow traction. So we'll meet quarterly to discuss the rocks. We'll have our one-year planning session and then we just refer back to that one-page plan. And I just couldn't recommend more that book. I think we've gone through it already on the show. I'm actually just bringing up the thing just to get the title. If you're confused about what Jordan just said about traction, we did an episode called Getting Traction While Your Business Vision Statement Matters. And this was a discussion about the book Traction by Gina Wickman and how you guys use that, which was really, really valuable for the community. Yeah. And I think it's really good because the way that Gino talks about it, all the, the actionable things that you need to do, it's not like you're reading a textbook. It's so easy to read. It's so easy to comprehend. And I just couldn't recommend it enough. And Gino, I'm still waiting for my signed copy. So if you're listening, I did a show on it. And got the sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Gino, come on. Put, get your act together. Like, where are you? Hook us up. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah help us out. <laughs> But a great book, absolutely, like one that you could give to any business owner and if they picked it up, they would find value. So definitely do that. Some people do need to do their finance meetings weekly. I've got a mate, he does an admin, he does 40 minutes of admin a day and then about an hour on a Friday where he'll do the pays, but he'll also just reflect on the week. And that's really important because he's got like hundreds of small customers in his lawn mowing and garden maintenance business. So he needs to do that every week. We say like someone like myself, we have like a lot of automation and stuff running so I can check it once a month. We do our pays once a month and so on and so forth. Yeah. With the service-based businesses, it's important that you probably have to do it weekly because you need to follow up who owes you money. If you're issuing invoices and they start to fall overdue, you need to stay on top of that every week. Otherwise, it can really affect your cash flow. So it's just specific to industry, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, number eight, it's just get an expert on your side. I don't know what the average cost of an accountant is. Or actually, I did Google this. Yes, for individuals, it was like 250 bucks an hour or something like this or 200 bucks. I don't know what it was. It seemed quite high, but for a good accountant, for a good lawyer, for a good whoever, a coach even, man, it is worth paying for. Oh, it's just take the stuff out and go. Yeah, you've got, I've got an example of a client where we're going through a legal case where we went with the the client went initially with the cheaper option and it's not going to sound cheaper when we tell you the charge out rates, but the initial guy, the initial person was, I think, $300 an hour and just wasn't good enough, wasn't up to scratch. And we went to another firm getting charged $700 an hour, but chalk and cheese. Like when you look at the letter from lawyer A compared to lawyer B, it's like, I don't know, writing a book versus chat GPT. Like you just can't compare the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like you get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, so that's it. And I think that's more the case. We're talking about property and how that's kind of a bit of an unusual one in that the, the standards seem quite low and the variance quite high. But um, it's, yeah, so important that you have an expert who does this. And I, I don't know, Jordan, this is me talking out of school here, but I think like the future of your industry, which is where you guys are already, it's not about how good can my accountant do the numbers. It's about how much of a role can my accountant have in making sure that I avoid disaster? How much can they help me increase the profits, not just minimize my taxes? Like these are the things that your experts, a good expert will take the time and help you with. You'll know if you've got cookie cutter advice because you'll call them. They won't get back to you. They won't understand your business. If you're in that situation, strongly consider, particularly now, new financial year, new you, seriously consider it because if you want success from your business, you need good people around you. I was always put off. I've told you this a hundred times. My coaches, I always thought they're coaches. I don't need a coach. Like, what do I need a coach for? But man, that has my coach isn't even a business coach. It's a life coach that just helps me with my business. And I was like, this is just unbelievable. Totally unbelievable. I couldn't speak more highly enough of it. So we're biased, of course, but um, get expert advice. So just to recap, we've got number of bank accounts, number of bank accounts, sort that out. So you've got the automations flowing, all of it reconciles really easily. Use software like Zero, which is related to another one, which is like automate as much as you can. Use the tools that you have available, whether it's software or not. If you find that you could use an e-commerce business toolkit for your business, and even take payments in a way that makes sense, put away your money for tax. Scott said he did 35%, but um, yours might be different. Um, you can speak to your accountant or you can just overestimate is the probably the best thing to do. Put some hours aside every week, month. Mine is monthly. Some people, as Jordan would say, should do it, must do it weekly, basically. And then you've got your big rocks as your quarterly reviews. Of course, use an expert if you don't already have one available to you. Like if you're a tiny, tiny business, if you're earning $10,000 a year from your side hustle, maybe you could have once-off meeting with an expert, like an accountant or a lawyer, to help you set up your structure. But um, if you're as soon as you try to take it seriously got to be serious and you've got to get a good one on your side. So shop around and make sure you find them. There will be a link in the show notes to get in contact with Jordan and Daniel, the team at Grayspace, as well as myself. So you can jump in there and reach out to me if you have any questions. But there's also a document in there that will take you through tax deductions, personal income tax, what you can do for your business going forward. Jordan, it's always a heap of fun, mate. Thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC Education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.